0: For the privilege to gather in your name, we've come before you this morning singing and dancing and praying. And Father, we pray that even as we listen to your word, we pray that the windows of heavens be open, that your glory and your power and your grace will be bestowed upon everyone that is gathered here this morning, that your name will be glorified. Blessed be your name, O God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday. Can I say happy summer? Happy heat wave? Yeah, I like my sister there. Yeah, get the fan, okay? The heat is real. Amen. God is good. Kindly have your seats. Welcome to church. How's everyone doing? All good. Amen. Our God is good. Um, it's an honor to bring a uh, privilege to bring the word of God to us. Uh, this Sunday morning, I want to thank our pastor, uh, for the privilege to, to stand here this morning. Uh, every leader who continue to walk day in and day out in the vineyard of God, every worker, thank you choir. You're doing, you're doing good. Yeah. God bless you. More grace and everyone that is here this Sunday morning. Amen. God is good. And you're looking wonderful. Mask or no mask, you're looking wonderful. Good to see you, my brother. Yeah. Good to see you, my sister. Amen. God is good. Uh, welcome to church. Um, as you probably know, um, here in church, we do have a focus for the month. And this is our month of new beginnings. Hallelujah. Is our month of new beginnings. And you can see the anchor scripture on the, um, on the slide. And I just want to pick up from uh, what Pastor was uh, teaching us last uh, Sunday, and that is embracing the new beginning reality. Hallelujah. Embracing the new beginning reality. And it's my prayer that God will help us, he will empower us to embrace that which he has made us to be, that which he has provided for us in the name of Jesus Amen. But before I start this morning, um, as I was preparing for days, there were a few preambles that I first strongly in my spirit, uh, that the Lord want me to, to lay. And, um, you know, as leaders in the place of victory, I mean, pastor included myself with all humility, uh, we have the privilege of standing before God's people, uh, week in week out. And a knock on effect of that is that we are able to share our story. Hallelujah. We are able to relate back and draw a memory line of how God has helped us. And and I felt that God is saying, you also should share your story. Each and every one of us, you have a story to share. That you don't have to wait until you have a podium. You don't have to wait until you have a contract with the BBC. Each of our stories are unique and God wants you to share that story. Whether you are sharing it to a congregation like this, you are sharing that story to a few number of people, you are sharing that story to just your family members, and if there is no voices or nobody present to share that story, share that story to yourself. Because that story is unique. And when I'm mentioning the story, it includes the good days, the bad days, not so good days. It's all in the process. It's all in the package of what God is doing. Hallelujah. And perhaps you don't want to share that story. Have a diary of that story. Hallelujah. Have a journal of that story. I mean, in the past a couple of weeks I had to write a similar story about my dad. God bless him. And I realized how much you can write about somebody. But there's so much about you. And I feel that God is saying, share your story. The nitty gritty of it. You know, yesterday was my birthday, and um, three of the people that were calling me were like, how did you spend your day? How did you spend your day? I'm like, oh, you want to hear the story? Well, I spent my day preparing for the sermon of today. Hallelujah. And that is the best way to, to, to spend your birthday. Hallelujah. But that is my story. And I mean, in this day of the digital age, there is an app, I think it's called Reflection or something. At the end of every week, I reflect on the day. And as I'm reflecting on the day, I'm smiling. Yeah, the victories, the small wins, they're not so good. But share that story. I don't know who that word is for. Perhaps you are here in the congregation, you are watching us online. God said, share that story. Because the more you speak out, the stronger you become. Hallelujah. The more you share that story, the lighter, the weight is lifted. Um, And thank God for the cup of tea there. You can share it over a cup of tea as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, something else that I, I felt so strong that uh, God wanted me to also mention: um, I'm conscious that most times when we stand on a Sunday, we are preaching to the converted. Hallelujah! Those already saved. And most times it can become a bit daunting when you come to church and you're like, "Oh, I'm already a Christian. I'm really saved." And, and God is saying, every time you come to church, see it as if you're clicking the refresh button on your computer. Hallelujah. It's like you are working in a company and you go for a refresher course. And every day is different because there is something new every day. In other words, God wants us to be open-minded when we come to church. He wants us to come to church, being expectant. expert. Uh, we shouldn't be too uh, familiar with the word of God or too familiar with the things of God. There is something new every day and God wants us to refresh. And it's my prayer that God will help us even as we continue to refresh in Jesus' name. Amen. Embracing the new beginning reality. Um, it, it, it's so its so wonderful. It's been that kind of year, um, the past 18 months. I mean, Wales beginning to leave the lockdown. England is doing something uh, tomorrow. Um, there's a lot of realities that we've seen, uh, but there is even the better reality that comes from God. And I want you to join me this uh, morning as we read the anchor scripture from Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 17 to 24, uh, Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 17, uh, this is Paul writing uh, to the church in, in Ephesus. And starting from uh, that verse 17, Paul speaking said, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord. I mean, it becomes a, um, a very critical matter when Paul is saying, I insist um, that you listen to this, that this is, this is crucial, this is essential. Uh, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, Um, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their heart. Read further in verse 19, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. Verse 20, that, however, is not the way of life you have learned. Amen. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. And the concluding part there in verse 22, you were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I, I do like stories a lot, and I did allude to it when I started about sharing your story. Um, it was told of a pastor um, who was invited uh, to have a dinner with um, uh, one of the families in his congregation. And... Um, the mother of the house of this family that invited the pastor, she made effort. You know when they say somebody made an effort, she actually made an effort. Uh, but not just making effort with the dinner, she really wanted to impress this pastor. So at the end of the dinner, she kindly indulged the pastor. Uh, please, I really want you to read a, a very special story uh, uh, to my family. And the pastor said, yes, I, I'll do anything. And then the mother beckoned on the, on the younger daughter, um, Sandra. Uh, please, can you go upstairs and fetch that good book? The book we all love in this family. The book we read every day. And uh, the, the, the daughter, with all excitement, ran upstairs and brought a book. Where well, the lecturer that I am, anyone can guess what the daughter brought down? Thank you, Bible, anyone? Storybook, yes, by anyone from there? Cookbook, wow, you're close to the answer, Amen where the daughter came up, if I can get this running, with a shopping catalogue. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, and and it's, it's a very uh, interesting story. I mean, the, the mother was shocked. And of course, um, that was not what she actually wanted. She, she was referring to the Bible. Uh, but in reality, even in trying to impress, there are some things we do more than the Bible. Hallelujah. Uh, but the point of this story is to be yourself. Hallelujah. And that is what Paul was writing in the scripture that we read. You don't have to impress anybody. Be you. Hallelujah be unique, be original, as a young man, as a young woman, as a family man, as a family woman. God has created us to be unique. Our identity is quite unique. Our personality is quite unique. You don't have to put up a show. You don't have to dress to impress. You don't have to go into credit and amass a lot of, of credit or financial burden just to impress people. God loves you as you are. He He said it in the scripture he has accepted you as you are he's able to empower you as you are he's able to cleanse you and guide you on your journey as you are you don't have to do anything extra or special to impress the god that we serve and I pray that God will help us in the name of Jesus. And just to pick up from what our pastor has been teaching us from the beginning of, of, of this month, um, is that understanding, which is what Paul was imputing in this church in, in Ephesus, that we have this understanding that God is making everything new. Hallelujah. We may have made mistakes in the past. Uh, We may have made choices that are not so good. But let's understand that, that the God that we serve specializes in new beginnings. And as we read from Revelation chapter 21 verse 5, the scripture said... He who sits in the heaven referring to God said, behold, I make all things new. And all things new means all things new. There is no condition for that. That's why it is called unmerited favor. He has made everything new. He's making everything that consigns your life, everything that pertains to your life new. That includes your career. That includes your destiny. That includes even the choices that you will make tomorrow. He's giving you enough opportunity to step into that identity uh, that God has created you to be. And there's a very interesting scripture in uh, Leviticus chapter 26 verse 10. Uh, the Bible says you will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. And most times in our life, I don't know about you, um, if we look at our wardrobe, for example, there are so many things out there that uh, we can relate to donkey years. At times, we can't even put a stamp on when we actually bought those things. It is a tendency of humans to hold on to things. There's a tendency of people to hold on to the past. It is a tendency of human nature to always want to hold on. And the problem with holding on, just like clothes in a wardrobe or clothes or items in your house, they occupy space. Hallelujah. And God is saying, I want to do something new. You had a fantastic victory yesterday. You had a fantastic idea yesterday. But you have to get rid of those notions. I mean, Paul was emphasizing this idea of, 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 the, uh, of the worldly sensitivity, this idea of political correctness, this idea of, oh, there are a worldly agenda on how things should be done. And in doing that, it's basically occupied our mind and blindfold our eyes that we don't see what God is doing. Even though, we, even though God is saying, I love you, you're special, I have plans for you. There's a way I want to lead you. Even in that next project, in that next step in your career, will become so beclouded and bewildered by those ideas of yesterday, those victories. Even victories can become a cause when we hold on to them for too long. And God is saying, get rid of those. Why? Because I am in control. And I want you to live in my reality. Uh, There is a lot of realities out there. And the truth of the matter is even the so-called TV reality shows, they are not real. Amen. They are not real, I mean you watch a TV show and somebody can within nanoseconds move from point A to point B, it's not real. It's just there to deceive and that's what television is, is there for. You look at images and they are moving at the speed of light and you're like, whoa, that's fast. I'm gonna implement that in real time. No, those TV shows are not real. It's just the existence of vision. Um, as a scientist, you put several images together. If you animate them to move um, in, uh, in a synchronous way, then they becomes motion. So even the reality we see out there, it's not actually real. The, the the best reality we can have is the reality that god has given to us and the first word god is telling us this morning is that he's making all things new everything and what is beckoning on us is that we should as christians just put our anchor in him just put those trust in him why because he's doing mighty things we may not see them we may not know how we may not know when but we just have to trust in god hallelujah um, have you ever tried to learn how to, to ride the bike or you want to teach a child how to ride the bike? Um, I mean, there are several steps in there. I mean, for somebody that is a novice where the first thing is you want to make up your mind as a child or as a person that you are able to actually do it. You are able to ride that bike. But it doesn't end there. The next step is you actually have to step on that bike and go. I mean, you will fall several times. Yeah, I mean, there may be some many bruises here and there. But so long you trust whoever that is guiding you. In this case, the hand of God is guiding you. God can never mismanage your life. God can never mismanage your destiny. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that is what Paul was writing to the church, that you put this in mind. Let this be your reality. Always remember this, that God has created you. He has redeemed you. He has paid the price so that you can live in this reality that he has created. And I don't want you to shy away from it because the Christian life is beautiful. There's nothing sad about the Christian life. Whether it's the life that we live on earth, we have the best life. If we happen to die tomorrow, there is an assurance that we have eternity that is a- us. And Paul was saying, have this as, a, as an attitude and let your life, let the decisions that you make every day, let it be guided by this uh, biblical truth, this fundamental truth that God is making everything new. The second point we can extract from that uh, passage that we read, um, it's God is a God of the year and the now. Most times when we start looking for God, we are looking for God in a perfect place. Most times, we want to believe that uh, I have to be perfect to be a son or a daughter of God. In other words, uh, sometimes, okay, for God to bless me, I have to meet X, Y, Z condition. The good news is that God will meet you where you are. Hallelujah. And that is real, that is sincere. God will meet you in your present situation. And most times when you look at the Bible, most of the wonderful experiences, most of the move of God has happened in awkward places. Amen. I mean, God has used people that the world will itemize as not qualified. Who would have ever thought that somebody like Joseph in a prison will end up becoming a minister. Who would have ever told that a baby in a manger will end up becoming the savior of the world? God can meet you where you are in your career. Wherever you may find yourself, God is right there with you. And Paul is telling the church in Ephesus, we have to put those idea that we have to be perfect we have to be this we have to be that before god can bless us god will meet you where you are whether you are in ministry whether you are singing and people may say oh you don't have the the best voice but as you look at history as you look at biblical inferences you see that most of the people that have made maximum impact they are people with the most awkward of background look at even people in our secular world the barack obamas that we celebrate even the so-called celebrities that we celebrate most times their history their background where they're coming from the parents they have most times If you were to judge them by the marking scheme of human beings, then those people, they don't even qualify to achieve anything in life. But God's grace was able to meet them where they are. What are you worried about? Let God be God. Hallelujah. Let him be God. What is it that you are scared about? Perhaps God has planted in you that idea. God has given you that ministry. Perhaps God has given you that special ability, that special talent. Don't let it go to waste because you are looking for the ideal condition. You are looking for, for the most perfect. God is here now, here and now. Even as I'm speaking now, God is closer to you than you can ever imagine. Allow God to be the best friend that you can ever have. Allow God to be the, the, the best mate that you can ever have. And let him start speaking to you. Start reading his words. Start praying to him. Don't let the world tell you, oh, that because you did X, Y, Z yesterday, because of that, God will not answer your prayers. No, that is a wrong belief. That is a wrong agenda. Use what you have in where you are, wherever you find yourself, and start accepting this reality of what God is doing. And it's my prayer. That the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus, yeah. And 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 this is so important because it is the agenda of the devil. And most of the temptations that the devil pulls our way is a question of we trying to deny our identity. And that is why when you read Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse five, the Bible was saying that casting down every imagination, cast down those negative ideas, cast down those those worries, cast down those. Notions that we say, you know what i can 't trust God so i will I will do things my own way. the truth of the matter is that is what worry is worry we always say, oh God does not care about me God does not i uh, doesn 't care so much if God loves me so much, why is there so much evil happening and and then you live all your life in worry in, in dejection but the word of God to us this morning is that we should live a life of faith and what is faith faith is God does care about me hallelujah what is faith God cares about me and is working everything together for my good. Hallelujah. I may not see it now. I mean, it may not be so obvious now, but God is working everything together for my good. And you have to reminding ourselves of this reality that God is God. There is nothing that is so big for God to do. I mean, he took time to create you. That is why you are special. That is why you are unique. Everything about you and as parents, we have to express and pass these ideas to our children that they are special hallelujah they may not be the brightest in the class now but that doesn't matter because god is involved in their life and is able to bring them uh, to that expected end i mean the lord help us in the name of jesus amen um for those who know you know i'm not going to preach today without mentioning one of the kidney's rhymes no no <laughs> amen you know, my, my daughter, she, she has seasons, so I can, as she's growing up, we, we've gone through several seasons. I think we started with um, Cocomelon. Yeah? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, no more melon, we went on Paw Patrol. And then we do Paw Patrol, and then it's dinosaur train. So you keep going like that, and this season is Peter Rabbit. Of course, when they are washing, I have to wash. Okay, so I have to go through every season. Uh, but this Peter Rabbit is so interesting, and, and really I just want to tie it into, into, uh, what Paul was writing to the church in, in, in Ephesus. So you have three characters there. Am I alone here? Parents, yeah, you have three characters here. But I just want to focus on Benjamin, which is the one by your left. And as you can see, Benjamin is actually the one that is always scared. And, and these rabbits, I mean, they go on different adventures. Different, it's just like our everyday life. Okay? I mean, one moment I'm shouting happy birthday, the next moment I'm sitting at my computer, the next moment somebody's knocking on my door, oh, surprise, it's a birthday, you have to do a get-together, and the, rest, the next moment I'm standing here, I'm preaching, yeah, it's adventure, but this is life, it's normal, hallelujah. Uh, but the thing about this is, when they go on this adventure, there's always danger, I mean, there are rabbits, for crying out loud, and when this danger comes, uh, Benjamin is the one that is scared the most. Like, oh, this is not good, this is not good, this is not good. But then he then makes these three lines of statement that is so unique. Rabbis are brave, rabbis are brave, rabbis are brave. And in saying that, all of a sudden, some sort of like a light bulb moment, an idea comes, they map up the idea, and they are saved. Hallelujah. And I feel the Lord is telling us as believers, every second of our life, we have to be like Benjamin. We have to keep reminding ourselves because what is he doing at that moment he's trying to remind himself of his identity as a rabbit that the dna of a rabbit is for them to be brave hallelujah the dna of a christian is that we are righteous the DNA of a Christian is that we have a God that is bigger than any trials, any tribulation. The DNA of a Christian is that the God that is in us is able to do as silly and above all that we can ask or imagine. So every second of your life, no matter the situation, we have to keep mentally it starts with that thought process of keep reminding ourselves of the promises of God. Keep reminding ourselves of the word of God concerning you. And there is a word of God for your life every second, every minute. But it should not just end in you just thinking about it. Those thoughts from, of the word of God should then reflect and affect our attitudes. How we react to fear, how we react to failure, how we react to the events of life. But it shouldn't end there. Our thoughts, our attitudes should lead us to action. Hallelujah. And for this rabbit, straight away, they change their approach. They change their way of living. And just in case you are wondering, what if I don't have like Benjamin, the, the, the right lyrics to say? There are a few lyrics I've given on the screen. So rather than to say, "Oh, you know what? I can't figure these things out," there is a word of God that you should be shouting like Benjamin. God will direct me. God will direct me. God will direct my stuff. All I have to do is to trust on Him. Perhaps there is that word, just like Paul was saying, the futility of the ideas of the world, that is saying, "I am tired. I am weak. I am useless." Change that and start reminding yourself that God is able to give you rest. Hallelujah. Perhaps there is that voice that is saying everything is impossible. Change that to the attitude of Benjamin and start saying all things are possible through God. And there are so many promises in the word of God. Perhaps somebody say, oh, you are not able. I I don't have to be able because God is able. As you read Corinthians, you say, God is able to do exceedingly and above all that we can ask or imagine. We have to keep reminding reminding ourselves of the promises of god we have to keep reminding ourselves of this reality that the god that is in us is able to supply our needs is able to overcome every fear that what god has given to us is not the spirit of fear but his power is love and of a sound mind perhaps you are suffering or going through a season of loneliness don't let that become your reality remind yourself of the word of god that says he will never leave you not forsake you he's the best friend you can ever have he's the best father you can ever have and let that word becomes your compass perhaps somebody is telling you you know what i'm you know you're not smart enough ah you are not clever enough remind yourself of the word of god that says he will give you wisdom everything you need to succeed in life it's evidence and resident in the word of god And you have to keep reminding yourself. The world's reality should not be our reality. Stop wearing those clothes that do not fit you. Stop putting on those items in your body. Those thoughts. Those self-criticism that waste your time. That waste your energy. Rather... Just go for the word of God. Let God become your reality. Let the word of God know him, follow him, believe in what he's saying, live for him. And that is the charge of God for us this morning. In God's reality, he will never leave us. In God's reality, he will never condemn us. In God's reality, his love for us is unconditional. In God's reality, he knows your name. He knows your very thoughts. He knows everything that you are going through. He knows every season of your life. And you have to keep reminding yourself of that reality. And I pray that God will help us in the name of Jesus. And very quickly, uh, time will not permit us to go through um, the f- last few points, but what are we embracing this morning? What is God asking us to embrace? A, embrace the relationship that comes through new beginnings. Like I mentioned, every day, God gives us a new beginning. And included in that package, it's like you're unwrapping this, uh, unwrapping this package. There is relationship. Relationship with who? Relationship with God the Father. The call that God has called us is a God to relationship. He wants you to be his son. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to be your Savior. Not just for today. Not just for yesterday. But every season of your life. He wants you to be closer to him like never before. He has called us into a, a call for fellowship. You know, even Solomon, the wisest of all men, when he was writing uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, when you read uh, chapter one, verse two, he says, everything in life is meaningless without relationship with God. God is the most essential, critical factor. This is central focus of every life is a foreground that holds life together. A life without God is meaningless. Hallelujah. A life without God, I, I mean, it's, it's a life that is going to destruction. So the first call this morning, the first reality that we should embrace is a reality of relationship. The next is the relationship Of citizenship and I think pastor touched on this uh, a a couple of of Sundays ago uh, about God has called us into his kingdom. We are now a citizen of the kingdom of God. We are no second class citizen. We are we are no refugees. We are no people without a right. Everything that is in the kingdom of God. Every promises that is in the word of God is available to you and by default that you are a citizen of the kingdom, you have the legal right to make claim of every promises and in the word of god hallelujah it's like people have british passport and Nigeria passport and african passport are seated here even though you may not sit physically resident in your heart in your hand is the kingdom passport hallelujah and what do you do with passport? It's an evidence that you have part of a kingdom. And in that kingdom, God is the king. And whatever God has by legal right, you are able to make claim to that. God set the rules and the language and the ideas and the value, the constitution of the kingdom, are by default is explicit and open to everyone. And you are able to apply those rules and regulations to your life and gain the benefit thereof. And as followers of christ god expects us that's why when we do the when we say the lost prayer we say thy kingdom come that will be done on earth you are now a citizen of the kingdom of god and the favor of god is in your life you don't live a life of disfavor no the favor of the king are due to the fact that you are not part of this kingdom it is favor is in your life i mean God is not in any way uh, operating favoritism, but still he gives his love, his grace, his blessing to everyone. This spiritual blessing is evident in your life. So next time that voice is coming and saying, who do you think you are? You have the an answer. A citizen of the kingdom. Who do you think you are? The son and daughter of a king. Who do you think you are? You are part of this spiritual realm with power, with empowerment that comes from God. Hallelujah. Don't bring yourself down. Don't look yourself as, as, as a commoner. No. There is a greater power that lives within us and is able to empower us and guide us in how we should go, in how we should live. And I pray that God will bless us in the name of Jesus. Amen. I think a few minutes more. Yes? yes okay the next reality we should embrace is the reality of family i i I just hope i could we could spend much time talking about family family you are not alone in this reality hallelujah tell somebody you are not alone so that's why even though i have one fan i can share the fan with my brother because we are part of one family hallelujah you are not alone god has adopted us into his family a family of believers physically we may not be blood related but spiritually we are all related because christ joins us together And in other words, we shouldn't run this race as people without help, without companion, without anyone to support us. No, we are now jointed in this family. So be able and be free to express yourself in this family. You know the thing about family? There is intimate relationship. There is conversation. We are able to challenge ourselves to grow in this family. We are able to celebrate together. We are able to cry together if we have to cry together. We are able to share our story and tell our song uh, in this, in this family, we are, we are able to come together and pick a project or a cause and pursue that cause to the end. We are able to glorify God together. We are able to come to the house of the Lord and say, in my father's house, in your father's house, you are now part of a family. And the word of God in Ephesians chapter one, verse five, he said, God decided in advance to adopt you and I to this family, family of like-minded people where we can go, where we can sharpen one another, where we can encourage one another when we can bless one another. Welcome to God's family. Hallelujah. Perhaps physically or biologically, or based on where you're coming from, you may not have had the best of family experience. You being part of this Christian family, you have the all experience and all grace that you need to live the life that God has called you to live. And I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Embrace purpose. Purpose. The true essence of why we are made. Every item, every creator, when he creates anything, he always have a purpose. Embrace purpose. Embrace the why of why you are living. I mean, most times, I mean, we've, we've said it here, there are two important dates in a man's life. The day you are born and the day you discover why. God has a purpose for you in this reality. When you read Psalm chapter 16 verse 11, that God's purpose for our life, God has this purpose for our life, that we should find it and we should live in peace and maximize everything that God has created us to be. And the Lord is saying, don't live your life without a why. Let the, the the motivation, the thing that drives your life, the thing that wakes you up in the morning and you go to work, let it be that God's purpose that he has implanted and imputed within you. Your purpose, why God has created you, it's so important. And whatever you do in life, let that be the determining factor of why you do what you do. Hallelujah. It is so important we know the why of life and very quickly there is power that is available. A story was told of a woman who was carrying lots of burdens and lots of loads, picking lots of stress upon herself and somebody said, why are you carrying this many loads? And she said, oh, it's because I have broad shoulders. Even the broadest of shoulders are not enough to carry the weights of the of the trials and tribulations and problems that are out there. God has given you power. You are not meant to run this race and use your own strength. The Bible said it's not by might, it's not by power. God has given you power. All you have to do is to tap into this reality and let God empower you. Let him give you the grace. Let he give you everything that you need to succeed. Everything that you need to live this life, this assignment, that special assignment. Perhaps it's a calling to singing. Let he give you the enablement. Romans chapter 8 says if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, he quickens us, it gives us this special ability. Ephesians three twenty said, "Not to, not to him who by in all consequences has given us this power is at war within us. Is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far above, beyond all that we can ask or imagine. God is able to strengthen you. Perhaps you are feeling weak. Perhaps you we are feeling uh, so tired." Meet this God that is able to refine. Meet this God that is able to empower. And I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. And the last point, I'm not going to cover them all. It's destiny. 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 And I want to conclude with Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. The Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And by the way, if you... Want to answer the question of identity, purpose, and destiny. This verse captures it all. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own work. It is a gift of God. Not a result of works. We have not been saved by work. We have not been given this new reality by works. But for good works. Hallelujah. There's nothing we have that is by our efforts. But why has God given it to us? He has given it to us for good works. It says so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship, identity, the who. We are his workmanship. Why are we his workmanship? Because why he Christ, created in Christ for good works. Our purpose may be different but our global purpose is the same. To do good works. Hallelujah. Whether you are an engineer, you are a doctor, at the end, God wants you to use that intention, that why for good works, which God created beforehand, that we should do what? We should walk in them. That is our destiny. Our destiny is to walk in this part of being vessels, of being tools that God can use. Tools for good works, whether you are singing, whatever you do in your family for good works. For good works. Everything should be prompted in good works. The path that you take, the choices you make, the works that you have to do, where you have to do them, let it be guided by this primary objective of the creator, that you are a vessel in the hand of God. So special, so unique. Why? To bring glory to God. For good works. And I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. We're just going to pray uh, this afternoon. There is a reality that God has given to us is a call to relationship is a call to be part of this kingdom is a call to family is a call for purpose is a call for this unique destiny is a call to be empowered let's pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord will give us a grace to start where we are father we thank you for the privilege to bring your word to your people this afternoon we thank you Lord because your word is here to bless your word is here to revive your word is here to empower your word is here to motivate your word is here to heal and we pray oh god that your word will have its meaning its full cause in our life in the name of jesus that your name will be glorified that will not just be the year as alone, but will be the doer of the word of the lord in the name of jesus blessed be your name oh god in jesus mighty name we pray amen